Hey, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the uh, 12th Man podcast um, from a, a very cold um, the northeast. It's got very, very cold again. Um, hopefully, it's the last cold snap of the uh, of the winter. Um, we've got me, Steve Jackson. I'm in the main chair, um, as usual. I've got Mr. John Donovan. He's back from sunny Spain. Didn't bring the weather, though, did you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I brought the sun. It's just that it's bitterly cold. Um... Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit of a contrast to where I was last week. Yeah, you've stole the sun. Top the tan up nicely there, haven't you? Bit, bit, yeah. bit, bit red. <laughs> as long as the pin's got a good tan, that's all that matters. Um, we've got Mr John Cutler with us. Ian Cuts. Evening. We are right. Hi, Sal, mate. You're not as brown. You're quite pale. No, no. I'm surprised you couldn't see John's legs. He's still got his speedos on there. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for us to go on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, our favourite Geordie is, is obviously with us as he, as he usually is now. He went from a guest to a to a regular. Um, I was going to say panelist, but it's not. Yeah, you can be a panelist if you want. Um, yeah, Mr. Steve Dixon, even Steve. Good evening. Another cracking weekend had by all. It is. It was. I know. We won. The Mags got beat. The Mackhams got beat. Leeds got beat. Chef United, weekend, was it? Chef United, don't forget. Yeah, Chef United got beat. That started the weekend off. Um, we've got a bit of Chef United talk actually before um we uh, we get uh, in the middle of our little chat this evening. So, but before I start, I just want to put a big, massive from us twelve man lads, massive condolences out to um the family of the Blackpool fan who lost his life at the weekend. Obviously, you've seen the news reports, etc. They say Tony Johnson lost his life. Um, went to a football. No fans should go to a football game and never go home. Um, I say it's something we've all been brought up with, and um, he sadly lost his life. I say we don't know how or you know what happened. We say we don't, we don't know. It's just speculation. Um, but we just wanted to pass our condolences on as as a fan group to a fellow supporters group as well. So you know. Thoughts to his family and, and friends and etc. And, and to Blackpool Football Club themselves, I think it hit them quite hard as well. Um, looking at the pictures and stuff that they put out. So, yeah, from us to them, it's uh, yeah, really, really sad way to start, that isn't it? Um, but right, let's kick into the um the football. That's what we're we're here to talk about. So, John Don, you got off the plane Friday night. You went to Riverside Saturday. Team came out. Two changes, obviously. I know you listened to us last week. We we got one change bang on, Parliament there straight out for um, Dale Fry. But then I think he's becoming a regular at home now. Um, Aaron Ramsey came into the team. What did you make of the two changes? Um, yeah, yeah, I think one one was one was nailed on, wasn't it? Um, Fry for McNair. Um and Ramsey is. He's shown great potential in 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 this sort of appearance he's made so far. So I wasn't disappointed um, with with that change with that team news. Um, and just looking at the bench, the bench was unbelievably strong. So if things weren't going right on the pitch, we had the opportunity there to um, to to put more than capable deputies on there to uh, to try and influence a game. Um, as it was, you know, we didn't we didn't need that the first eleven sort of uh, 
got the job done and then we, we could relax a little bit and make changes later on. But yeah, team news. Yeah, I, I was happy with it. Yeah, I say, you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at, it wasn't just like you said there, the, the first 11, the bench was, was strong as well. I mean, I'll bring, I'll bring Cuts in at this point because you, you're saying Cuts about the strength and depth we've now got. And as I say, you look at that bench that we had available to us on 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 Saturday, and we had strength everywhere. It was it was it was a proper it was a proper strong. I, I know I've probably said strong about ten times here, but it really was strong. Well, if you, yeah, like you, what you lads have already said, we've got quality now on the bench, and and some quality players that aren't even getting on the bench. Um, but for me, that's one of the main reasons why we're doing so well because them players know that if they don't perform one week, they're going to be out and someone's going to come in and they are going to perform. We've seen it when Crooks has come in, he's done it. Uh, Ramsey a little bit. You know, now Fawz was on the bench on Saturday. He's come on and he scored a goal. Bit, bit unlucky for me, Fawz, to lose his place. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. And uh, actually after the game, Carrick yet again got it correct. But I think it's becoming a regular theme, isn't it? I'm going to say I'm going to say strong again. Um, you know, it's 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 strong intuition to you know bring players in and out of the squad. He's he's getting it right. I mean, I stay or come to you. You know, you were keen to keep obviously McNair in. Obviously, the the injury meant you know he wasn't quite ready. I know. I think uh, Carrick said he trained a couple of times, but you know he wasn't. His injury was just a bit too much for Saturday. Um, but like the lads have said there, the two changes that came in, it's not like we've downgraded the squad in any way, shape or form. We look as we look as better as we ever did. It's, it, every, everywhere in the squad's just it's just brilliant. It's 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 great to see about time for a Borough squad. Absolutely. I actually would probably go and see the players that come in made were stronger. Um I've said all along, Dale Fry for me is still the main man, the best defender at the club. I would have him in the team every week. Um, I know Cutson does, doesn't agree on this, but I always think Middlesbrough are a far better side when Dale Fry is in it for, for, for a lot of reasons. And on Saturday against Andy Carroll, along with Lenehan, I thought they just dominated him all game. He never got a kick. So that was a that was the right decision to make and I hope he leaves Steele Fry alone now on the team until the end of the season, barring injury, and gives him a run alongside Lenehan because I think they're a really they're an imposing pair. It's you know it reminds you of imposing pairs we've had in the past when we, when we had you know Tony Mowbray and Pallister and you know people of the past, your Robert Hooths and all that. Just 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 something about having the dominating pair in the centre half where centre-forwards and forward players do want to come up against them in order for a hard afternoon. I think Dale Fry and, and Lenehan give with that. Uh, the other change, I've got to be honest, I was a little surprised. I was one of the supporters on Saturday that was a little bit unsure because although he looks a, a tidy player and, and, and tricky and Aaron Ramsey to me so far, I think, is he going to be a success, this lad? Is he going to be one of them lone players that comes in? Does it a few bits and pieces and disappears and I was a little bit on the fence with him because I, I wasn't that impressed when I watched him against Queen's Park Rangers. He kept cutting inside and losing the ball. But then I thought about it and I thought, well, Carrick obviously as he, he always seems to get these decisions right. And we're playing if he's going if he's gonna produce what he can produce, it'll be against a, a, a poor red side. 
let's see what he's what, what he's all about. And wow, like Graham Bandera's caricature of uh, Michael Carrick walking on water, this is why. Because he comes in the team again, probably most people would have rather started Marcus Force. And I would say the performance on Saturday by Aaron Ramsey is probably as good as any Middlesbrough player has produced this season. I thought he was that good. Energy, pace, commitment, two fantastic finishes. One of his own making won the ball with the header, chased it on, closed mm-hmm. the defender down, won the ball again, takes it the length of the pitch. Is he going to be unselfish and pass it? Has he got the confidence to do it himself? He's got the confidence to do it himself. Smashes it across the keeper in the back of the net. And all afternoon, he was a nightmare for Redden. He was everywhere. He was left side. He was right side. He worked hard. He did the hard yards. And it was a, a fantastic performance by him. And I think we've got a real play on my hands to come down at the end of the season. And Michael Carrick, yet again, got it absolutely bang on. I mean, as I say, it's, it's becoming a regular thing, isn't it? It's, it's tactics. It is for, for someone that, considering this is his first job, is his tactical analysis is, is is incredible. I know he's worked under Jose Mourinho. I know he's had a couple of games in charge of United, but still, this is his first proper job, and it's his first, you know, go taking the reins of a football club, and he's just done everything right in. You know the people he's brought in behind him and his knowledge. I say, I'll always go back to that first clip we always we saw of him. You know, training the bury. And he, you know, Johnny Elson's a massively experienced footballer, and he took Johnny Elson. He's he's changed his game again. You know, because Johnny Elson's learned so much. Just just you know, just obviously working with Carrick. Carrick was one of the you know the the best holding midfielders of his generation. He's, he's fantastic. He was a fantastic footballer. Considering he was from Wall's End. Um, but you know, it was um, no, no. <laughs> um, you know, he's a fantastic footballer, and you know, I mean, I'll get stuck in the goals now. I mean, I'll, I'll stay with you, stay. You know, he had to wait until you know twenty fourth minute to get the penalty and get the goal. But I, I don't know about you watching it. I, I never at any point thought it could be one of those days because Reading really didn't get a, a, a grip of the game. We were just constant. There was constant pressure. I think mean, Reading had like maybe one or two chances, but nothing that Stefan was massively stretched about. And once the goal came, it was deserved. And then you just knew what you know we could stretch on from that. We we were head and shoulders from the first whistle to the last whistle, and we were so much better than them in every department. And it was just a matter of time till we scored. We had the one scare which. You know, you heard Paul Ince after the game whinging and whining and moaning like he did after they got beat off Sunderland after the wasted time against Sunderland and got beat 1-0 later on. And I just thought he lacked a lot of class, Paul Ince, because could Tommy Smith have given away a penalty after watching it again? Possibly, yes. Could he have received a red card after watching it again? Possibly, yes. But those are the decisions that happen in football matches. But Middlesbrough on Saturday was so much better than them. They didn't they didn't have one shot on target in the game. Zach Steppen was a passenger, really. He could have went off and had a had a bovril and come back. He had that little to do. Middlesbrough had chance after chance, had all the possession, crosses, shots on goal. They were lucky they got away five. And for him to come out after the game and say what he said and not give Middlesbrough really much plaudits 
I thought was poor from an ex-Middlesbrough captain. And, you know, he's had a bit of a dig in the past that had come out, you know, to Michael Carrick. And, you know, Michael Carrick, you know, you know, he deserved a little bit, I thought, a little bit of praise, a little bit of respect from, from Paul Ince on Saturday because Middlesbrough wiped the floor with them from start to finish. Um, the, the penalty that we got on 24 minutes, yeah, it was. I thought it was a penalty. I don't know what you guys thought. I thought it was a, after watching it again, I thought it was a handball. Paul Ince didn't think it was a handball. I thought it was a handball. That's in the Premier League and it goes to VAR. It's a penalty all day long. And we take the lead and we had numerous chances to get to get the second. And I said to my dad watching the game, if we can nick a second before half time, we could win this five or six. And it looked like it wasn't going to happen. And then obviously, right in half time, the absolute magical Aaron Ramsey scores a fantastic, fantastic quality strike. And from that moment on, I think every Middlesbrough fan in the stadium knew it was just going to be a question of how many on Middlesbrough going to score today. Just, just saying there, obviously, about the second goal. I know I've moved on swiftly from the first, but the second goal, was anybody else surprised by how gung-ho Reading went to try and get that equaliser so late on in the first half? I mean, I know they were chasing the game, but they, they literally left no one back. And all of a sudden, it took one interception. I think it was, was it Tom Ince that lost the ball just outside the box, and we were gone. I know it's probably the pace of our attack and they say force and, and Akpon was obviously chasing behind Archie was, was obviously following in the, the front foot, you know, not force, um, McGree. Um, you know, the pace of our front four is ridiculous and I get that, but they they really did go try and push for an equaliser really, really early in that, in like the 90 minutes sense. I thought, I mean, if you're thinking logically, wouldn't it be better to go in at 1-0 and think, right, reassess, re-evaluate, and then push on and try and get an equaliser in the second half? They pushed a bit too early for me, but obviously it worked in our advantage. I think, I think one of the reasons for that was we were so dominant in the first half that the only chance they were going to get to score any goals it would have been from a set play. I think that's why they did it. Um, ultimately, it's the wrong decision. They left the cell short at the back, but... That was a great counter-attack by some of our players. And and although the credit goes to Ramsey for the finish, if you watch the goal back, you watch the run that Riley McGree makes. Absolutely outstanding. Outstanding. Well, if it, I, think, I think Paul Ince wants to get some new scouts because if I'm, if I'm Paul Ince, I'm, I, I, I need to get some new scouts because if they have went and watched Middlesbrough against West Bromwich Albion last weekend and watched the first half against Queen's Park Rangers the week earlier, Middlesbrough, if it was struggle against anything, is a team that sticks 10 behind the ball and digs in and digs in and digs in. And he's turned up the riverside, like you say, and being gung-ho against a team with a front four that could beat the Olympics. I mean, the pace of Ramsey, wow. I mean, how quick is he? I didn't see that in him in his, in his performances when he's come off the bench. I didn't realise he was that rapid. I mean, what? that's another fantastic threat we've got when you, when you think moving forward now. The pace we've got with Marcus Force and Tuba <clears> and Archer, absolutely, teams are going to be ripped. We'll be, we'll be terrified against Middlesbrough at the Riverside now with that front four. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I can't, I can't speak highly of that, that attacking lineup. You know, but I mean, JD, I'll come to you. 
is this another indication of Carrick? Obviously, he, he brought in Archer bit by bit. He's done the same now with Aaron Ramsey, and he's been vindicated again, hasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, um, Ram- Ramsey giving uh, such a good performance on Saturday, of course, it vindicates him. Um, but we, we we are very patient as a team now. I, I mean, I watched I watched the game um, on TV because I, I missed West Brom. I was I was away, um, and I, and I watched it. So you, you do get a slightly different view from from where the camera cameras are. And and that game, we dominated possession. We kept the ball tidy. We couldn't get through West Brom because they've got a, a a very early two goal lead and just closed closed the gates. Um, but we were still patient. We were still probing. We were still prodding, but we just couldn't make that breakthrough. Uh, and and on Saturday, like like these lads have said, from from the kickoff, there was only going to be one team that um, that w- w- was going to come out with three points uh, it, 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 in that game. Reading relied on. Um, the aerial threat of uh, of Andy Carroll, but we we dealt with it superbly. Um, Dale Fry and Lenehan uh, kept him shackled. He's obviously he's never had pace, but now he's as slow as as any footballer I've seen. As so me. I could, sorry, he's as slow as me. I think I could outpace well, him. The, the the thing is, I, I think that's why they put everybody. Or sorry, a large number of people forward at that sort of last minute in the first half corner because mm. it was a chance. It's the only real chance for them to um, to to break us down, um, especially with Andy Carroll such such a a, a large threat uh, in the air. But as it turned out, Aaron Ramsey got the assist and the goal. Uh, a fantastic, um, a fantastic solo goal. Mm. And he could so easily have, um, have just laid it across for McGree to tap in. Yeah. But he, 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 that would have been the easy option, really, you know, because it, McGree wouldn't have missed that. Andy Carroll wouldn't have missed that. Any footballer on earth wouldn't have missed the tapping that McGree would have had. But it, he was confident enough to take on the shot, put it round the keeper. And, um, <laughs> and it was a great goal. And like you said, I think everybody... At half time, two nil up. We're asking questions about how many can we get and how how much with our goal difference can we claw back from Sheffield United, who a few weeks ago had ten points clear of us and a huge goal difference clear of us. Now we we, we close non points and we close non goal difference. So big win Saturday. Well, actually, I mean, said we really have clawed them back in. They say. I'll, I'll move on to Sheffield United in a little bit because I want you know obviously they've got a big game midweek which you know does affect us massively going into next weekend's games. But I want to talk about the third goal. The third goal is my favourite, and um, it gives me a chance to really big up Tuber Appom. Um, I know we've talked about him a lot, obviously through our podcast this season. Um, how much he surprised us, how much he's come along as a player, as as a, you know as a striking option. You know, but he hit that he hit that, he hit that magic mark of twenty goals. You know, he's he's matched um, Bernie's mark now twenty one. Me hitting 
um, in 1992. Was it 92? 91 or 92. Um, might have been that season, actually. And, uh, you know, we thought we'd never ever see that striker. We've had so many opportunities, but he's finally done it. But it was everything about that goal. I mean, the ball in from Giles was perfect. And he was just in the right spot again. And no team can cope with that because that ball in was perfectly in between the keeper and the back line. And you just can't judge it. And, and Cuts, you know, we've always said, if, you know, keep players in there, you know, are good enough for this, to, you know, if, if you don't do anything wrong, you know, stay in the lineup. You know, talk to me about Tuber Akpom. 21 goals now, one assist. It's in, in in the league. Obviously, twenty two goals in all competitions. He's been an absolute revelation this season. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Bernie there, and and the bit we had before the start of the season when we all unanimously decided that even after he'd scored a couple of goals, we'd probably still get rid of Tuba. Yeah. I don't think in my whole time of supporting this club, I've seen a turnaround as big in a player as him. I I actually cannot believe what I'm watching. Holding the ball, his movement, goal scoring, heading the ball, everything that I didn't think he had a year ago. And and full praise goes to the lad. I'm so pleased he's proved us wrong. He's been an absolute revelation this season. And I'm, I'm glad to admit I was wrong about him. Absolutely fantastic. And you listen to his interviews afterwards. Uh, I listened to his interview when T's coming home from the game. What a down-to-earth lad he talked about giving... The later goal to fours, blab. It's all about the team. It's all about the team. I, I, he's a joy to listen to. He, he's, he's an all-round great lad, and what a player he's been this season for us. John, it's all about um, it. It's all about confidence and players being happy in the environment, you know. And yeah. it looks like um, Michael Carrick has. He's getting the best out of every one of our uh, our team, our squad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much togetherness there. There's so so much happiness, happiness, and if a player's happy and confident, he'll he'll try things. He'll do things that um, you know. He, 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 if they don't come off, fair enough. He, he's he's give it a try. But like you say, he's he's coming back to, to to win the ball, to hold it up, and then to start another move that he eventually gets on the end of. Yeah. Yeah, such such a transformation um, f- from him, from um, you know the the player that uh, both Warnock and Wilder just didn't really sort of uh, fancy, and now that now that he he feels wanted, he, it's the happiest he's been. He said um, throughout his career, and we as fans are getting the benefit of that because he, he's he's thrilling us. He's thrilling me. It's fantastic. I'll tell you one thing about him. All four of us could have scored that second goal on Saturday. But the positions he's getting himself in to score them goals, mm. that's what's the big difference in him. We haven't had it for years and years. We've always mentioned all the time, we've had a decent player outside the box. Get somebody in the box. We've screamed it for God knows how long. And he picks up some amazing positions. He's Not only is he a goal scorer, he, he, he's obviously got a great football and brain. I, I, I well, it, 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 it's a... Go on, John, sorry. I was just going to say it's also the delivery in the box. You know, we have we have improved vastly um, putting balls into the right areas, and and if he knows they're gonna they're gonna be there on a regular basis, 
he gets himself there. But it's when you don't know where the ball's going to go and you don't know where you're going to be. But he knows, he sees, he, he sees and plays alongside Giles at Herworth and, and, and in the first team. And he knows that Giles can put the ball exactly where it needs to be. So it, it, it's, I'm not saying it's easy for him by any stretch of the imagination, but it must be rewarding for him to know that um, if he's in this position, the ball will come to him. So it's a combination of the I was just going to say, he done an interview, didn't he? On, I think it was on Tease, and he said that he had been studying and watching YouTube videos of Brian Giles and how he plays and the positions he takes up and his body position and where the ball's going to come. And he's been watching and watching videos of Brian Giles and working with him on the training ground. And it's almost telepathic now. He knows exactly when he gets the ball in certain areas of the pitch, what area he's going to put it in. And I slightly disagree with Cuts in that when he said all all four could have scored that goal on Saturday, I don't. I think it's actually the other way. I think it's the hardest thing to do in football is score goals. Them tappings, those those six yard box moments. We haven't had a striker since Bernie Slaven like that. When the ball comes in the box, you knew Bernie Slaven was going to be on that in a flash. It was going to be in the back of the net. In Middlesbrough, over the past however many seasons in the Championship. We've actually normally been not too bad aside in terms of creating chances, and they've just gone and begging and across the box and wide. And you think, oh, why can't we have one of those guys that's there? It's because it's the hardest thing to do in football to be at the right place at the right time, and that's why they're like gold dust, and that's why they works. They worth so much money. Look at your best strikers now, like see your Harry Kane's and things like that. How many tappings does Harry Kane go and they'll say, oh? Another easy goal by Harry Kane would be the easiest goal he scores all season. No, it's not. Nobody else would have scored that goal for Tottenham other than Harry Kane. It's an actual skill. And we've got one. and We've got a good one. And the longer we keep on to him, Middlesbrough are going to keep going and, and end up by trajectory. Um, regarding Tuba, uh, you know, it's a funny thing in football. When, you, you know, when you're a kid, you might not... How many times do you hear people say that the, the best player in the school team or the best player at the academy didn't make it because sometimes it's what goes on between your ears. It's who you listen to. It's confidence. It's psychology. And Tuba has obviously been a top, top player, talented to come through at Arsenal. And for whatever reason, his career just hasn't been or went the way people at Arsenal thought it would go. Now, whether that's been the managers he's played for, whether it's been his own attitude or he hasn't listened properly or he's been lazy or what have you. But what, what's happened to him since he's come to Middlesbrough is he struggled with the way we played under Warnock. Wilder didn't fancy him. He's been to Greece, he's come back and he's probably thought this is my last chance saloon here at the big time. Otherwise, I'm just going to be farmed off somewhere else abroad. And he's actually, whatever it, what's happened, obviously you've got to give the player lots of credit. You've got to give Michael Carrick lots of credit. They've, they've, they've somehow got inside Tuba's mind, and whether it's putting an arm around him, telling him how good he is. They've obviously transformed the way he plays. He's not a striker no more. He sits in the hole. And the whole combination of him playing a new role on the pitch, he's embraced it. A manager that believes in him, an arm around him, it's just the whole combination of that has brought out what Arsenal's seen in him all those years ago. This top young player is actually now realising his own potential. And 
if Chuba Akpom was doing what he's doing now, when he was 21, 22, how much would he be, how much would he be worth now? So, you know, credit to credit the Middlesbrough Football Club, credit the coaches, Woodgate, Carrick, because they've tapped into the potential Arsenal scene all over all those years ago, and we're going to reap the benefits out of that now. I'll say one say one thing about it, my previous two managers. I think it was Warnock who signed him, who, while Tuba was obviously still here, came out to the press and said he'll never sign played again on a YouTube video. And then the second manager, Wilder, he wasn't even training with the first team squad at one point, wasn't he? He came out and said he had no future at the club. Tuba's confidence then must have been as low as it's ever been throughout his whole career. And this is what makes the turnaround even more spectacular because Carrick's come in, put an arm around him. Obviously, he got a few games under Wilder as well, but but the turnaround, I've never seen, like I said earlier, I've not seen anything like it. He must have been at his lowest ebb at this club thinking, what have I done coming here? And now he's thinking it's the best thing he's ever done. Oh, it's, it's, you know, you, you probably summed it up perfectly there, Coach. I mean, the turnaround is, is hard. It's, it's been ridiculous. It's been highlighted not just by ourselves and other Borough fans. It's been highlighted by the national media. I mean, you speak to... You listen to talk sports and Sky Sports and you know the EFL shows on ITV. You know the highlight shows. They're all highlighted just how much of an impact he's had on the season and and how much he's transformed. And he's been he's been brilliant to watch because it's it's like you said. It's not just his goals. It's his movement. It's it's everything. I mean, his favorite goal of mine uh, this season was the goal of Sheffield United where he just he's got the ball in the box and all of a sudden within a in a flash. He'd moved away from John Egan. He'd pinged it bottom corner, and you thought that's not that's not just championship quality. That's that's top quality. The movement, the you know the way he's glided into a position and the finish. He's everything's just changed about him. And it, it's it's just mad that he's wearing a Borough shirt. To be quite honest, you know what I mean? It's not because he doesn't deserve to play for because because you don't often see it. And yeah, it's just refreshing. It's great to watch. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's brilliant. And you know, long may it continue. Still, his next target it's, it's got to be thirty goals now, hasn't it? Why not? Yeah. <clears throat> well, to be fair, under Carrick, we're averaging two goals a game, and and well, just over two goals a game, and and that's even with a, a couple of clean sheets uh, uh, that we were um, a couple of blanks, sorry, that we were um, had at West Brom and Sunderland. You know, so we're scoring, we're scoring a lot of goals, um, threes, fours, fives against Reading. Um, I suppose nothing really matters unless it's three points. One nil would be would be good enough. But like you say, the target of thirty it isn't insurmountable. It, it's 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 possible, um, but I'm, you know, I'm just pleased that he's at our club. He's enjoying himself. And he's playing with confidence, and he's taking chances, and 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 he's he's trying things, you know, and they're coming off. I mean, you, you remember like the goal against Millwall, it's audacious that wasn't it? Just like flicking it around the around the defender, around the keeper, great goal. Um, he wouldn't have had the confidence to do that under uh, Warnock or, or Wilder. He, he'd have looked to take the easy option and, and lay it off. But hey, thirty goals, who knows? Let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Exactly. You know, if you, if you, 
you know, if he still contributes to the end of the season and he doesn't score, you know, I wouldn't care one bit. He's contributing, he's he's putting the shift in. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean he's playing the vital part, it means you know he's he's getting he's stuck in and he's he's playing his part in the team, you know, getting points. So I mean another thing I want to talk about, just lastly, obviously the fifth goal, it was the second penalty. Tuba could have got the ball and said, No, I'm having a hat trick, but JJ Four said, No, I've got it, I won it. And does that show how much the team's together and there was no bickering, there was no fighting, it was just right, go on then, take it. Well, yeah, I mean, I must admit, I like those decisions um, to be pre-arranged, if you know what I mean. Talk, talk in the dressing room, if we get a penalty, he's our penalty taker, unless he feels he doesn't uh, want to take it. Um, I don't like to see that, uh, you know, there wasn't any bickering, I know, but I, I don't like to see um, it, it 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 taken to chance as to who takes that, but but fair play, Fors wanted it. Um, he, he's a he's a striker. He wants to score, so thankfully he did. Um, and, and like John Cutts said afterwards, um, when he was interviewed, um, Tuba, he, he said, you know, it's a team game. Um, let him have it. It's no problem. It it didn't upset. It didn't upset the dynamic of the team or the squad. There was no, no bickering about it. So I'm, I'm just pleased. I mean, I mean it might have been because it was four nil. I don't know. I mean, it had no impact on the game. The game was won by then. But um, it was just nice to see. We thought we always talked, don't we? We could give this team a hiding here. We we, we could give these a hiding here. And Don Cut says every week we're going to win five nil. We're going to win four nil. He's got his hands up right now. And Cuts, this is the actual game where we give a team a, a bloody good hiding. Yeah, I think it's been coming for a while. Um, but the, the full team performance was superb on Saturday. And I know you've skipped the fourth goal, but that ball from Giles, if you, if you look at the difference between the third and the fourth, the third one was right across the six-yard box. The second one, he thought, they're probably thinking I'm going to do exactly the same here, the pullback. That's great football intelligence from Giles, that I tell you. We all know what quality he's got, but he's clearly got a football and brain as well. That that was as good as anything, again. Great, great player from, from the left-back, who's really more like a, an out-and-out winger for me. He's out, his delivery is outstanding. Yeah, he didn't do it blind either, John. He did have a quick look up, so he knew that those players coming into the box. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great delivery. Most assists in the championship now as well, hasn't he? We've got Tuba as the top scorer and Giles top assists, which is new territory for Middlesbrough. It's, <laughs> it's nice, you know, with um, we're top of the charts and the uh, the stats. Um, before, quickly before, I mean, I'll go into I'll go into this obviously later on in the season. Um, on future um chats that we have, but one word answer are all three of you. Would you sign? Would you sign Giles on a permanent in the summer if the if the um, the deal was right? Yes or no? I'll start with you, Steve. Am I? Which league are we talking about? I'm not mentioning leagues. If he was available, would you take him? I have to say yes. Good. That was the that was the longest one word answer I've ever heard. I'm saying yes as well. John, Don. Yeah, I'll say yes. Yeah, I'd say I'll ask the question again. Obviously, when you get towards the end of the season, I don't want to say what league we'll be in because we don't know. I'm the, re- the, the reason I said I stuttered a bit to decide is because if we're in the Premier League, I'm still not sure 
if his defensive qualities are good enough for the Premier League, even though he's absolutely magnificent going forward. In the Championship, absolutely all day, every day, because his assists alone are worth signing him on, on its own. But in the Premier League, I've still got a few doubts about him uh, defensively. So can I just ask you one thing then, Steve? If he's not playing left-back and he's playing left-side of midfield or left-side of a three, where you're not as concerned about his defensive ability, would you sign him then? No. Because I don't really? think he's a, I don't think he's a midfielder and I don't think he's a winger. I don't think he's quick enough to be a winger, but I think he's quick enough to be an attacking fullback. So if you're signing him, you're signing him as an attacking fullback. And in this league, he's the best best wing back in it, best fullback in it, certainly going forward by a mile. So I'd take him all day. But in the Premier League, against the top the top boys, I'm not so sure at the moment he's good enough defensively. And I think that's the reason why Wolves keep loaning them out. And it's probably the reason why Wolves uh, let them go in the summer for the right price. So, like, I know we say this every week, right, when we go on about man the matches and we've had some brilliant performances. I would say on Saturday there wasn't one player there that was less than a 7 out of 10. I think we were all outstanding. But I think I'd be quite surprised if all four of us don't pick the same man the match this week. Well, let's find out. I'll start with you. Ramsey. You're in for a surprise then. <laughs> John Don. <laughs> 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 Listen, yeah, two goal Ramsey, two goal Akpom. But I'm gonna give my man of the match to Ryan Giles. I just think uh he 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 was solid defensively, although, although I know they didn't have much um, much threat up front. Um but he offers us so much uh, from an attacking point of view. Um I thought you had a great game, so so he's got my man of the match. That's two different ones, Steve. Well, I want to give a, a mention to the unsung hero who I haven't mentioned from Saturday, which was Cameron Archer, who I thought was outstanding all game and really deserved the goal and was unlucky with the offside one. I thought he was absolutely brilliant on Saturday and didn't get the mentions because he didn't get the goals. But I do agree with John Cutler that Aaron Ramsey was by head and shoulders man of the match on Saturday. And that was arguably up there possibly for the performance of the season for a Middlesbrough player of the season well we all four us didn't change choose different ones but three of us did I'm, go I'm going um, Tuba it was it was his day it was his day it was it was all I get that he got the record didn't he so yeah it was that. all built for him to you know become the first player in 30 odd years to score 20 league goals and he did it and he it was it was brilliant it was brilliant to see and you could, I mean, when he jumped up on the, the advertising on the South Stand, you could see the delight in his face. He was thought he was just absolutely buzzing, and and say I was trying to get Yusuf on the night because if you ever watch it back, just watch Yusuf's face because it was funny as, uh, <laughs> and um, but yeah, yeah, he was he was brilliant for me too. Rap on, go on, cut. Just one little thing there. You mentioned him standing on the like in front of the fans. And then, like, it showed you the picture afterwards, him and Bernie together. Yeah. I wondered if Bernie's had a little word in his shell and said, when you get the 20th, this was my goal celebration. Because as soon as I seen it, that's immediately what I thought. And I thought, if they have had a conversation and he's done that, what a lovely touch that is as well. I, yeah. may, I may be wrong on this, but I think it was Jonathan Woodgate that told him to do it for Bernie Slim. Superb. 
Well, it might be a question we'll have to uh, we'll have to find that one out because uh, I'm dying to find. Because it, it was definitely for Bernie Slavin. He definitely yeah. done it by Bernie Slavin, but I think it might have been Jonathan Woodgate that told him to do it. Yeah, because as I say, it, it reminded like you. Of course, it reminded me of when when Bernie did it in front of the um in front of the old gates when he he got his really? his goal. So no, it's it was just a nice little moment, and um, yeah, not bad for we're all going to choose the same man of the match. Uh, we've done we've done well there, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, in the group chat you all in the group chat you all said Ramsey. Nah. <laughs> nah. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> no, no, I was always gonna give it to Akpom always. He was fantastic Saturday and uh, he's been brilliant all season. And I've got to say it was our best performance of the season, not just by an individual by a team. The team was just absolute it was ruthless. It was exactly what a promotion chasing side does. We put the team to the side. It was perfect. Um, well, you, you, you look at you look at the games coming up. You know, at home. I, mean, I know Stoke's midweek, but you, we've got Preston um, on the eighteenth. Yes. Um, I know they're bringing two thousand fans because it's a special day for them. They call it Gentry Day or something, um, and they're bringing two thousand fans. So it, it, it's. I'm I'm making a point about attendances. I mean, they're steadily rising. It's going to be uh, year likes of Norwich, Burnley at home. You're going to get close to full houses um, in, in the borough sections um, because the excitement's there. I mean, everybody loved the couple of seasons under Karanka when we made the playoffs and then we made promotion. But this is just totally different. This is totally different to Karanka. Karanka was more pragmatic, more um, get the win at any cost. Whereas Carrick's got his playing and he wants us to win with quality and flair um, and, 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 and do it in a swagger. It's chalk and cheese, but you know, if we get the same outcome, everybody in Teesside will be off the moon and in Wall's End. I mean, I'm. I'm... I mentioned last week about one of my mates taking his son and his son wanting to come back. Now, let's be honest, lads. We, we go every week and, and we've seen some terrible football where if if, if you'd have took a young to watch some of the stuff we've watched, they'd have been thinking it was a punishment. But you take anyone to watch that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you take anyone to watch that now, whether it's an adult or a son, they're going to go away from that stadium and say, I tell you what, that was value for money. I wouldn't mind going back there again. Some of the football well, we're playing, it's, it's as good as I've seen. Consistently, it's as good as I've seen for a long time. Well, Dali took uh, took his, his two kids yeah. uh, to, to their first game. Um, and, and young Noah loved it. Absolutely buzzing. He was in the top man bar after the game. And and um, he, he, I said to him, it's like this every week. Come every week. You know, so, yeah, he was absolutely buzzing about it. And, and you're right, John, um, people coming... Um, for the first time this season, or bringing, um, bringing youngsters, must go away thinking. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I, it's great to see. Like I said, I think attendance is um, towards the end of the season will just keep on rising. I think the, the by the end of the season, what average attendance is probably going to be as high as it's ever been. Um, probably since the Brian Robson season when we got promoted in the second tier, uh, because I think the the attendance is a season that's going to eclipse. What we're doing under eight or Karanka's promotion teams and stuff by the end of the season, I and mean, we're averaging yeah. twenty five and a half thousand a season now. And like you said, John, the games that come up, we're probably going to be hitting twenty eight to twenty nines, thirty thousands, 
till the end of the season. So it's it's great to see. It's exciting. It's good to see so many youngsters in the stadium. It was great to see you mention for our friend Yusuf on Saturday in the north, bottom of the North Stand, like the Pied Piper, with all the kids jumping around and singing Burra songs and seeing all the, the, the smiles on the youngsters' faces. And like you say, they'll want to come back because they've had a great day out. They've had fun. They've seen the goals. You know, these Middlesbrough players at the minute are heroes in the town. And it's yeah. it's, it's it's probably the best championship championship side we've we've probably ever seen, to be honest, since Michael Carrick's come in. For for a for entertainment in a run and the way we play, I, I think it eclipses the football we played under Karanka and previous yeah. managers. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that that'd be a cracking debate to have that. Might have that in the international break. I've got a couple of ideas for our international break podcast, but that might be a debate to have. Um, but no, it's it's a fantastic brand of football we're playing, and it's um, it's it's causing others around us. To, I mean, this moves us on quite nicely. To to feel the pressure, so obviously going into the game Saturday, Sheffield United lost again, um, playing before us. Um, they've got a midweek game against obviously the team we played Saturday, Reading. But they lose that game, or even a draw. We've we're only five points behind, and you look at. I'll come to you, Steve, because you're obviously you're big on your stats and you, you know things like that, like I am. They're running, obviously, even between now and the national break itself. I know it finishes with them on the FA Cup tie, but looming at home and Sunderland away, it's not easy, is it for them? No, I think the next few games are key. You know, can can we get them to within a point over the next sort of five games? We've Got Swansea on Saturday who are really struggling, and their fans are right on the manager's back for for numerous reasons, and it's a real opportunity. I know it's a lucky ground for it, but it's a real opportunity for Middlesbrough to go to Swansea and take the three points. And the way games are really going to be key for Middlesbrough. How many wins we get away from home to put the pressure on them? Uh, Stoke at home, Preston at home, Huddersfield away, and then Burnley over the Easter. Can we get better results than what Sheffield United have got in the same time span, which is obviously Redden tonight the play. They've got Luton at home, Sunderland away, Blackburn in the Cup, so they missed a week for us, and Norwich away. Can we, even if even if we've played a game more than them because they're in the Cup, can we get them to win in a point? Can we, can we even dare to, to leapfrog them by a point or so? If we can, it's going to be a massive game on after the international break, isn't it? It's going that's, to be really, really good. That's it. I mean, it's, it, the game, obviously, they're missing. You know, I, I look at that straight away, which game's been taken out for the FA Cup. For them, is West Brom at home. And yeah. They've moved it. that to the, to the 25th of April, which is in between Huddersfield and Preston for Sheffield United. And at that point, West Brom was going to be in exactly the same position as we thought we might be, you know, chasing the playoff spot and really pushing. Obviously, we've took that extra step and we're trying to push for second. But, you know, no game, looking at their fixtures they've got left, no game they've got left is easy because they're either fighting for a promotion spot or they're fighting relegation. And every game they've got, it's, it's going to be pressure and they're going to feel it because we've put them under massive, massive pressure. And I don't think they expected it. And I think that's probably what shocked them the most because the slip-ups they're making... Is not what you saw make the beginning half of the season. 
Yeah, they, they, they seem to be beating the teams down the bottom regularly with late goals, and that doesn't seem to be happening now. They don't seem to be scoring with regularity anymore, um, and they seem to be struggling against teams that you, they would normally have, you know, be put under the sword. So I think they're under a lot of pressure. I think the manager's under a lot of pressure. He's had such a lead, he's had such a big lead on Middlesbrough at one point, I think it was fifteen points, and for that fifteen point lead to be whittled down before, you know, and it could, you know. Touch would the next couple of weeks be down to one or, or or even zero? That must have a huge impact, not just on the on the players, but the manager himself, because he's under big, you know, pressure from above with the Sheffield United board, who you know I'm sure six seven weeks ago must have thought were more or less back in the Premier League with the gap they had on the on the chasing pack. So there'll be immense pressure from the top because. It's a lot of money to throw away, you know, £150 million to get the Premier League. And they've literally had one foot in the door. And now that door's starting to close. Well, Listen, that's it. I mean, they, they were looking above him and they're not now. They're, they're, look, they're looking behind him, aren't they? They might, they might deny it. But if we were in their position and, and we played Sheffield tonight and they were in our position, we'd have went to that game thinking that if we beat them, we're promoted. If they beat us that night, it was game over. We all said it. Their management team will have thought it. The players will have thought it. But we said it after that game. We put a marker down that night. And since then, now they, they are under pressure. Whether, whether we do it or not, we've done everything we can and we will do at the end of the season to make sure they try and slip up. If they do, they do. If they don't, it, it's football. But we've, we've done everything we can. Our run has been absolutely phenomenal under Michael Carrick. Phenomenal. It has. It's been... It's been refreshing. It's been class. I mean, before I move on to Swansea, um, I do want to mention one of our former managers because he's just got a new job, um, which does come. It does affect us in a way. Um, the the circus or merry-go-round or whatever you want to call it that is Watford Football Club, um, have employed manager number twenty under the new under their owners. Imagine that twenty managers. Since 2012, that's an absolute disgrace. Uh, but Chris Wilder's got the job. Chris Wilder is going in. I think by the sounds of it, he's going in with his 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 backup team. Is you know Alan Nil and the rest of the guys because the whole lot of Slavin Bilic and the whole the whole coaching team got the boot. Um, I seventh mean, of April's gonna be a funny day for him. Up against Neil Warnock. Good Friday. Yeah, that could get tasty. I mean, you thought there was a bloodbath at um, Jesus's um, Easter. God almighty, imagine that one. <laughs> tell you what, I, w- I wouldn't mind the cameras being on them two for 90 minutes because the interviews that both managers had after one replaced the other at our football club, every single interview, he wouldn't they wouldn't mention each other's name. It was sort of like the guy who took over or the guy who was he previously. He did it in the fans meeting that we had before the start of this season. They've never mentioned each other's names, so something's obviously gone off massive between them two. But I will say, I think it's a good appointment by Watford. Oh. I, I'd, be surpri- I'd be surprised now if under Wilder they don't get in the playoffs. But it could also go the other way. He's worked with a chairman here that he came in, apparently he was all on board with everything we were going to do. Ultimately, he wasn't. If he falls out with their managers, with their chairman, it could be the shortest, it could be shorter than Brian Clough when he went to Leeds. We saw them less reason when he went to Charlton. Six weeks, he lasted. <laughs> so, 
really could be that short because that's what Wilder's like. If he doesn't get on with you, he doesn't get on with you. That's it. Um, he's not going to go. He's not going to go there and, and take everything they say. He's going to have his have his say in them. Their chairman. He, he's he's not short. I mean, they must be paying off about six managers at the moment. Oh, I bet I bet looking at their balance sheets a a good one at the moment. Looking at their wage bill because it's not just current staff. I bet I say I bet they've got loads of people on on back pay from that club. <laughs> you know I mean? So it's going to be ridiculous the amount of um, money they're paying out to, to people and. I think Slavin Bleach signed it was a two and a half year deal. He's only survived six months. It's... Which I suppose. If I'm Slavin Bilic, I'm fuming because I know it hasn't went well for Slavin Bilic, but he, he is a decent manager. And he's, you know, they've had a few in, uh, in different results of late. And then Chris Wilder has come in. You look at the fixtures they've got coming up against the poor QBR team Birmingham at home, Wigan at home, a tricky one against Luton, and then they've got Huddersfield at home. Chris Wilder, he'll be looking at those fixtures and fancying himself to get some wins and start off quite well and push Watford back towards the playoffs. You're, you're, you're Slavin Bilic, you're thinking the same. I would have been getting Watford back into the playoff positions. So he, he'll be fuming. It'll, it'll be interesting to know how Wilder got the job. Did he tout himself for the job behind Slavin Bilic's back? The way he done trying to get the Burnley job when he was at Middlesbrough? It'll be interesting to know because it seems to be a recurring theme with Chris Wilder, doesn't it? I'll tell you what, anyone... Anyone who goes behind Slavin Bilic's back must be a very brave man, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, forget that. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, he, but you are right saying there, he's had a bit of a tough time. At I know the form hasn't been great. I think it's three wins they've had since um, since the World Cup break coming back. and But they've had 16 players, I think it was mentioned. And he's, he's had yeah, a, they've had a lot of injuries. A lot of, a lot of the key players have been missing for him as well. And, Again, Chris Wilder, he's not daft as we know from his time at Middlesbrough. He'll have done his homework on all of this and he'll have been checking when the players are coming back from injury. He'll be looking now thinking, I could possibly have a, a near full fit squad to go and try and get Watford into the playoffs. And Watford with a fully fit squad in the playoffs. He'll have as good a chance against anybody getting back to the Premier League. And that's what Chris Wilder will be gambling on, thinking he can do that. And it's a short-term contract at the end of the season. He's got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And, you know, he's done his homework there, Chris. Well, yeah, he has. And um, he, he, he will fancy a crack at the playoffs in this, with this team. At the end of the day, that Watford team is a cracker. It is a cracker when you put when you write all these players down that they've got still. So, um, yeah, we've got to keep an eye on them. You know, they've, they're in the play, they're in the playoff at the end of the day. So... A bit like half the championship, to be fair. So, but um, yeah, right, Swansea. Um, I was hoping to get John Don back in, but he's uh, he's disappeared. I don't know if his agent's ringing him or something. Um, so I've, I've left him to it. Um, Steve, Swansea, you mentioned there, obviously, they're going through a bad time at the moment because they are. Um, they got obviously lost last week 1 0 at Luton, um, another promotion, right? Um, Rival, <laughs> it's been ridiculous. How many fucking rivals we've got? But I swore, I swore, I knew I'd swear. Um, but um, yeah, how tricky is this trip going to be? Because it's not like you said earlier. It's not a lucky ground. This one, um, we've had some tough times there. I mean, that Connolly missed last season still haunts me. I still thought he scored. Um, but and Gustav's header, G- Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, God, we've had some bad strikers, haven't we? Um. Yeah, talk Swansea. 
I think it's a massive opportunity for it to go and get three away points. Uh, I think it's a massive opportunity to put pressure on Sheffield United with three away points. Swansea, the way they play, it suits us. That They're not going to come and do what West Brom did, did to where they're going to just sit in and try and catch one on the break. They like to be on the ball. They like to have possession. They like to attack and, and, and play football. So Middlesbrough are going to be in a football match. They're not going to be in a in a tactical match like the way against West Brom. So I think for a start, the way Swansea play, it'll help with for an away game. And the Swansea fans that done a little bit of homework are massively on the manager's back, Russell Martin. They want him out. They don't like the, the teams he's picking, the players he's picking. Um, they've got a goalkeeper playing, Andrew Fisher, who is the reserve keeper at the moment. And he's, and he's playing, but he's playing poorly and he's making mistakes. And apparently the fans are right on the goalkeeper's back as well, um, which, which bodes well for us because we're an attacking side. And if the goalkeeper is nervous and the fans are having a go at the goalkeeper, again, it's a good opportunity for Middlesbrough to pile the pressure on. The statistics are in Middlesbrough's favour. They've, they've not won in the last four. They've only won three of the last 19 league games. And, you know, they have got some good players. You know, Joe Perot, top sc- scorer with 12. He's a decent player. Joe Allen, the Welsh player in the midfield. They have got some decent players. But I just think this is a real good time to play Swansea and take full advantage. And I think if Middlesbrough can go there, and maybe take the lead early on, maybe in the first 15, 20 minutes and get the lead, I think they could go to pieces. So I'll, I'll, I'll be massively disappointed if Middlesbrough don't take three points on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think, you know, I completely agree with every point you've made there. It's a, they're there, fans are screaming for Russell Martin to go. Um, I'm shocked he's still there, to be honest. I thought he would have gone when the... Um, the Norwich shop came up because he's been he's been hero with Norwich. Uh, obviously, being a promotion winning captain for him, so but um, yeah, it, you know it's gonna be a tough game. I still find it be tough. He's off the front of his agent now, so I'll bring John Don back in. Um, hello again. Um, Swansea, talk to me about Swansea. Obviously, it's one of our favourite trips of the year. You know, I, I quite like going down to South Wales. Um, you know, we got a decent boozer beforehand. It's a decent trip down. I don't know what the, obviously the weather could scupper most of that. It could be it could be fun travelling down the middle of the country on Saturday, but um, you know it's usually a trip we look forward to. And this one in particular, we're in high confidence, and surely we've got to be tr- trying to get that three points this on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, of course we should. Um, the texts that I've been getting from my mates who are Swansea season ticket holders. They're expecting us to win. Uh, they, they're not. Um, they're not happy with the way things are going down there. Um, but I, I'll. I'll. I'll slightly sort of disagree with um, Steve at the minute. Um, it's not about us scoring in the first fifteen minutes. I think we've got to. We've got to make sure that they don't score in the first fifteen minutes. We saw at West Brom how um, how a slow start knackered us for the rest of the game. So. Um, it, it definitely for me is to take the sting out with the crowd, take the sting out with their game, uh, and then grow stronger in the game and, and, and win it from from um, from from that point of view. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I like going down there. I like meeting up with some old mates. Um, good few drinks before the game, um, and I'm confident that we can come away with three points. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um... 
yeah, it's going to be a good trip. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, it's another race start, but oh, we're used to it, aren't we? It's a decent following as well, by the looks of it. It's going to be going down, so it's going to be a a good trip. But, Kurt, I'll come to you about, obviously, team news. You're a bigger vindicator of, um, you know, if you're not fixed, don't break it. Would you go and change? Would you go the same 11 as we did on Saturday? Personally, I would, yeah. But I don't think he will. I think, I even, though, <laughs> even though me and Steve said how well Ramsey played on Saturday, I just think he might go for Force's work rate this Saturday against Swansea away. They're quite an attacking team, Swansea. They play some half-decent football. And I know they've not been on the best run. They've not had the best season. But it's always a tough place to go. But like Steve mentioned earlier, with them being so attacking, I think that could work in our favour on Saturday. So, yeah, I think I think Force might come in for Ramsey, but personally, I wouldn't change it. Yeah, I said they're a football inside, aren't they? So, you know, another home team. If if you're going to be one of those teams that sits back, I'm not a fan of sitting back at home. I really aren't. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I, I wouldn't change it. I quite, I quite like the 11 on Saturday. Um, I know Force would be unlucky to miss out again, obviously, scoring on Saturday. But so would Ramsey. You know, he played really well Saturday. Um, Steve, would you make any changes? I wouldn't know. A 5 0 victory for me, if everybody's fitting well, you've got to go with, with the same lineup. And as I was disappointed with Force being uh, missing on Saturday for Ramsey, I'd be really disappointed if Ramsey's missing for Force this Saturday, <laughs> which means probably Force will come back in and Force will get man the match and score twice. <laughs> It wouldn't shock me one bit, Steve. It really wouldn't. But Johnny, you like the rest of the boys? Would you make no changes? No, you can't really after a five 0 win, like Steve says. Yeah, um, unless there's any um, training ground injuries, I don't think we have to change things um, tactically um, for the Swansea game. So I'd keep it. Uh, I'd keep the same starting eleven. Absolutely, no, absolutely. It's, um... Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tricky game. It's, it's I, you know I know they're not in the best form, but I still find it it's gonna be tricky down there. Always is going to Swansea. Um, but also one thing left to do, I suppose. It's got a sport score prediction. Not you, gents. Um, John Donald, stay with you. Score prediction. Three-one Middlesbrough. Oh. It just seems it. It just seems a, a scoreline that uh, we we we. we Reproduced quite uh, quite often recently, so I'm going to stick with three. Want to put a score in there? Um, Akpom, uh, Dale Fry, and Barry McGree. There you go. Named all three. Um, cut. I'm going to go humdinger of a game. Four two to the Borough. <laughs> First, first goal is going to be Darrell Lenehan. <laughs> oh, God. I like this. 4-2 is not that much different from 3-1. It's, it's, it's not. Good for you. <laughs> John, uh, you pick score lines from like, pre-war games. You know, it's like either 5-4, 7-2. <laughs> <laughs> he always picks Darrell Lenehan to score. Yeah, he's going to do it. He's going to prove me right one week, isn't he? Yeah, if that comes off, it'll be fantastic. 
I know he's been watching the Boxing Day fixes from 1955, and he was thinking, I want, I want a bit of that action, Michael. <laughs> I, think I, I think I predicted 4-1 last week, so I've got the right amount of goals. <laughs> well, it, it definitely... It, you know you know when like, clubs pull that, that picture where you've got to pause it, and that's the score you'll think it'll be? Did you, is that what you do? You just see the scores ping up, and you think, right, I press pause now. 4-2, that'll do. <laughs> right, I'm on. Here we go. Is that, is I remember, remember you all laughing at me when I said 4-0 away at Peterborough last year. Now that happened, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, Every I... dog I'll, I'll be right once a season, so let's hope it's Saturday. And broken clocks right twice a day. Was that my third favourite Geordie again? <laughs> go on, Steve. I'll go 2-0 Middlesbrough. Cameron Arch at the score. Lovely. I'll go, I'm going 3-0. I think we'll beat these 3-0. N- nice and simple. Um, and Nobody's laughing at that, are they? Hmm? Nobody's laughing at that. No. <laughs> I didn't press the button <laughs> to get my score. <laughs> and I'm going to a different score. I think Hayden Hackney will score the first goal. No, as soon as he could do with a goal here in Hackney, as good as he's been, probably the only thing that's missing from his game at the moment is a little <laughs> bit more end product with a goal, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. He's not he's not shy of shooting. So, you know, that might just be the one that cracks the um cracks the shell and gets us the um the opening we need to to kick on in that game. So yeah. I don't well, we've all because I'm still not getting a sponsor for that. We've all predicted uh, three points, so it'll be a cracking trip home if uh... It will be. Bugger the snow. We'll roll home if we have to. It'll be great. It'll be a cracking trip. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. But um, that's that's enough time. Well, it's, it's not enough time. I'd love to chat more, but um, I think people will get bored of my voice. So we'll leave it there. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll reconvene next week. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to chat with me, as usual. Um, John Don, I'll see you Saturday. Um, for a lot, that's a long trip, but it's gonna be a good one. And um, yeah, thank you for listening, thank you for commenting, liking, subscribing, um, getting involved. Um, join us again next week. Hopefully, the gap might be down to one point. You never know. So, um, Arriva Dechi, up the butter, up the butter, up the butter, up the butter.